In this episode, we will use the biblical example of Joseph to remind you to keep dreaming no matter what. Stay tuned. What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. What's up, y'all? It is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. And today, I wanted to talk to you about being a dreamer. And I wanted to talk about the realities of being a dreamer, but also the product that comes as a result of never giving up in your dreams. The biblical example that comes to mind is Joseph. You might remember Joseph, not Joseph, the mother, the father of Jesus, Mary's baby daddy or whatever. But Joseph, the son of Jacob or Israel, who was given the coat of many colors. You might remember that in Genesis somewhere. In this particular uh, story, the Bible says that Father Jacob favors Joseph because Joseph was the son of his old age. And so he gives them this this beautiful coat and the Lord blesses Joseph to dream dreams. He gives them, he gives him the gift of dreams and interpretation. Well, even at a young age, Joseph walks in his gifting and he dreams dreams and he is unafraid to share what he dreams. This results in him being looked upon negatively by his own brothers. In fact, the Bible says that Joseph's own brothers could not even think or speak to him peaceably. In other words, whenever they had the opportunity to speak to their youngest brother or to deal with them, it caused rage in their heart. So the Bible says that uh, Jacob's boys, all of his kids are out in the field and they are taking care of Jacob's sheep. Joseph, the youngest son, is not with them, and he is employed by his father, Jacob. Find your brothers and go and work with them. So Joseph does what he can to identify where his brothers are. And the Bible says that as he is approaching his brothers, they see him from afar off, and they say, there goes that dreamer. Now, I find that to be interesting because he was their brother, their youngest brother. He was uh, 
a person for whom they shared a parent. Uh, he was, for all intents and purposes, someone that they were called to protect. He was their younger brother. It's interesting to me, however, that when they see him, they do not see him for his humanity. They don't see him as their little brother. They do not see him as a youth. They do not see him as someone deserving to be mentored or cultivated. They do not see him as someone uh, with promise or potential. They say, there goes that dreamer. They identify Joseph not by his humanity, but they identify him by his gift. Why do they do that? They are intimidated by his gift. And therefore, the only way that they can see him is through the lens of what intimidates them about him. I thought that was interesting because I think that dreamers and let me just clarify that I, I am well aware that the types of dreams that Joseph was having uh, might not be specifically of the types of dreams that we often associate with dreamers. But let me also note that when we talk about Joseph's capacity and gifting to dream, we are talking about a God-ordained talent or gifting that is placed upon his life uh, for the sake of his survival, for the sake of his uh, growth and development, for the sake of um, him uh, proving himself to be functional in society. His gift is uh, important. And we always quote that scripture that says, the, the, you know, the Bible says that uh, your gift um, will make room for you and bring you before great men. But that's not necessarily Joseph's testimony. It's his gift uh, that causes him the most trouble. It, it appears, and, and this is not the only example, there are other examples where uh, it appears that Joseph's gift uh, uh, positions him to be uh, the object of um, hatred, the, the object of jealousy. It's his gift that um, makes him, uh, for all intents and purposes, public enemy number one. Now, you know, it, just in case you are not familiar with the story, Joseph ends up being betrayed by his brothers. They throw him in a pit. They, they decide not to kill him because they don't want to live um, with his blood on their hands because they realize how much his father, uh, Jacob, loved Joseph. So they decide not to kill him. However, they sell him into slavery and he's shipped off to Egypt somewhere. Mind you, this is because he is a dreamer. This is because he is a person unafraid of walking in his gifting. So they sell him into slavery. They come up with some type of story to convince their father that he was somehow murdered or killed. They take the very coat that Jacob gives Joseph. They dip it in blood and say, we don't know what happened to him, but we found the coat that you gave him. Meanwhile, Joseph is shipped to Potiphar's house to be a slave. 
And it just so happens that Potiphar uh, is important in the Egyptian army. He's a general there. And he begins to have dreams that he cannot interpret. Mm -hmm. And when he's having the dreams, and I start to preach, like, mm -hmm, this is, I'm, I'm excited about what I'm talking about, right? When he starts to have these dreams, when they start to have these dreams that they cannot interpret, it is the gift that God gave Joseph that was previously what got him in trouble that would be the means for which he would experience promotion. And let me ask you a question. What would happen? What would have happened potentially if Joseph would have decided, I don't want this gift. I do not want the capacity to dream. I do not want the gift of being able to interpret dreams because look where it left me. It left me in slavery. I was doing good. I was my dad's favorite. I had this beautiful coat. I was the youngest sibling. Like God had positioned me so wonderfully. And just because of my gifting, I was betrayed by people who were supposed to love me. Forget it. I don't want to be a dreamer anymore. Forget that. I don't want to interpret no more dreams. I'm done. I don't want. What if Joseph would have made the determination that it was not worth being an interpreter of dreams? But God found a way. God, God knew that what he put in, you see, this is what I like about God is that uh, sometimes the thing inside of us that seems to be um, the most insignificant or that sometimes we, we have trouble articulating why we're passionate about something or, or people misunderstand the gift that we have or they, 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 they think that, you know, like, oh, you'll never be a singer, so you should stop that singing or you'll, you'll never be a doctor, so you should stop uh, retaking those uh, 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 biology classes. Like, you know, it, some people can misinterpret our perseverance, particularly the perseverance of a dreamer, because um, all they see is you tried and you failed. But, but look at Joseph's scenario. Like, imagine what would have happened had Joseph decided that this capacity, this ability, this dreaming, this interpretation of dreams has already got me in so much trouble that I no longer want to be a dreamer. It is, my friends, the perseverance to dream it is uh, the, the not giving up on Joseph's dream that lands him in high places. Now, listen, um, years would pass and, and God would continue to elevate uh, Joseph as a result of his gift. Now, meanwhile, the people who betrayed him are still doing what they're doing. But the Lord sends a prophetic word. Uh, to Egypt through um, the prophet saying, check this out, you're getting ready to go through years of famine. You're getting ready to go through years of famine. And 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 it is the 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 capacity, the the mindset, the 
the, the, the tenacity of Joseph that positions him to be the person who uh, the king or uh, Pharaoh entrusts with the responsibility uh, of preparing the people for famine. In other words, um, God uh, positions Joseph to be the person who stores the, the wheat and who, who creates systems so that um, people could ration out food appropriately. Meanwhile, um, his father and even his brothers who portrayed him were also going to endure the famine. Years would pass. And, 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 and when the famine would begin, God would reconnect Joseph, the dreamer, with his family. And, 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 and one of the things that Joseph says to them after they reconnect, he said, this really had to happen because um, what you didn't realize is that you thought that you uh, were, were hurting me. You thought that you, through betrayal, were throwing me under the bus. You thought that you were killing my dreams. You thought that what you were doing to me was gonna take me out. But God has set up this whole entire thing so that he could position me to care for you. I, God, God um, um, orchestrated this entire situation so that inevitably, I hate that word because I never say it right, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God had a plan um, that centered around Joseph's family and he used Joseph right? His gifting to protect and to provide for even the people who uh, did not like him. So let me tell you, your gift, even if it doesn't make room for you, even if it doesn't um, uh, validate you in the company of people who have power, if you keep dreaming, right? If you keep your focus, that, that that's what Joseph does. He keeps his focus. He does not allow what happens to him to implicate where he is going and what he is called to do. He said, I'm a dreamer, I'm just a dreamer. I cannot stop what I am called to do, what I have the capacity, the talent, and the gifting to do because of what somebody else did to me. One of the things that I think that God, this is all over the place. I haven't even looked at my notes because I just started talking. But one of the things that I think that God is calling us out of is a victim mentality. Because sometimes we get so locked in the attention that we get as a result of being a victim that we don't even consider what kind of victory that we could experience if we um, get beyond what they did to us or what they said to us or how they treated us, right? The, 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 we have this mindset uh, sometimes that is very dangerous that our healing um, comes through reconciliation with the people who hurt us. Like, so we won't be healed until they ask for forgiveness. We won't be healed until we see them doing bad. We won't be healed until we see them, uh, uh, um, you know, laying at our feet, begging for our, our, our forgiveness. Well, no, that's not, that, that's not what God is saying. Like some of times our, our victory, our, 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 our healing, um, the thing that we need uh, to move forward comes simply as a result of us deciding not to let what happened ruin our future. 
right? And I know that some people have said, well, you know, if you, I, I've talked to people and they, and, and they're not, they're struggling, whether it's professionally or personally or interpersonally in the relationships that they're having. And they start talking about like, well, you know, uh, if I would have been, you know, better positioned, if my parents would have did this differently, if I, if, if, if I wouldn't have got fired, like, and they start, if I wouldn't have got a divorce, if, it, if this wouldn't have happened, if this wouldn't happen. And, and they, they're so um, stuck in something that happened in the past and using that as an example of how they are, um, how they've reached the place that they've reach that they cannot see that they have allowed that thing, that crutch to keep them crippled, right? They're saying in their mind that this is the thing that has held me back. Well, listen, there is, uh, there is sometimes uh, people get hurt. Somebody, I think my uncle or somebody was talking to me about um, uh, fishing and his shoulder was, was hurt. And for a couple of weeks, uh, my family has prayer every um, every um, Sunday morning. And he talked about how his shoulder was in pain and how it was handicapping um, his capacity. And then one, one week he said, uh, I got to go to um, therapy uh, for my shoulder because fishing season is upon us. Right, he's he's a, he's an avid fisherman, and he said, um, "I gotta go uh, and get some therapy for my shoulder, um, so that essentially um, the pain that's in my shoulder will not impact my ability to do the thing that I love." And I think that that's um, the, what the Lord is calling us to do in this season. Um, there is a, this beautiful, bright future ahead of us. But we have a handicap that we have not decided to participate in the process of healing uh, with regard to that handicap. And so if you break your leg and you decide that you're going to walk on a crutch for the rest of your life, your leg will never really heal and be brought back to its purpose and functionality until you learn to put some weight on it, until you do some therapy to exercise it and to move it around. If you stay in the bed, eventually you will become weak because the muscles that you need to do something will become inoperable. And I think that we cannot be paralyzed by the past. And the reality is that sometimes the casualty of our pain and the things that we have gone through in the past are our dreams, our ability to walk in our calling, our capacity to stand up, get up in the morning and do what God has given us to do, whether that's to be a parent or to, to be a professional or to start a podcast or to look for a new job. People will sit in a job that they know does not serve them for years and years and years because they are afraid to move forward. They would rather sit in some pain because they believe that at least um, it's not as bad or maybe if I try, if I step out, it will be worse. I want us to let Joseph be the example that 
we can start fresh. We don't have to be handicapped by the way that people treat us. We don't have to be reluctant to walk in our calling and our gifting because of the way that people have responded to it. I don't care who they are. The other week, and I think I posted this on the podcast, I talked about a rejection and I talked about how rejection shows up, particularly in the life of children. And I talked about how um, sometimes our, our, our way of rejecting people's dreams is passive. One example could be, you know, somebody says they want to be in the NFL. And then we start talking about the percentages of people that actually make it to the NFL. And so then that person, as a result of hearing us throw out statistics or misquote scripture, like start to feel reluctant about their capacity to achieve their goals. And... Um, it reminds me of the scripture in the Bible that says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because sometimes what kills our dreams is what we say or what we hear other people say that we internalize. But I think the opposite can happen as well, right? Where we speak life into our dreams, where we decide that even though it has caused me pain, even though everything hasn't been perfect, I believe that I am called to do this. God equips me for a reason. I'm alive for a reason. I believe I can reach my goals. I believe I can walk in what you've called me to walk in. And I think it takes a resilience. I think it takes continuity. I think it takes consistency. I think it takes waking up in the morning and deciding uh, to live beyond the past. And so I think I'll end there with just this word of prayer. If you're still listening, God, the person that is listening under the sound of my voice, I pray, Father God, that you would strengthen them. I pray, God, that you would touch them. I pray, God, that you would encourage their heart to keep dreaming, to keep walking in their passion, to keep walking in their talent and gifting, no matter what someone does or says, no matter how it's interpreted, no matter how they feel, no matter what the negative feedback is, no matter what criticism they receive, God, help them to stay focused on you if the gift came from you and help them not to be weary and well-doing and help them not to give up on their resume, help them not to give up on their LinkedIn account, help them not to give up on applying for jobs or, or trying to be who you have called them to be. And we thank you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you again for listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. My name is Dominique Bomonte, and I can't wait to talk to you again. God bless.